0: listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Connolly. On each episode, I'll have a guest who will give us a peek into what it looks like for her to run on mission in her everyday life. Our prayer is that it leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news right where you're at. This next podcast is an interview with my friend, Lynn Stroy. She is a single foster mom who works full-time for her church and also serves at her church and also works for a nonprofit. If you feel a little bit tired just hearing that, I want to encourage you to listen in because God has some words for us about taking Him at His word right where we're at, and I think that He has some encouragement in here for those of us who say that we don't like to receive help. I'm in that camp, so let's listen in and let's ask God to shift us and change us right where we're at today. Through Lynn. such a treat today. We have got my friend Lynn Stroy, and I have loved watching God move in and through her kind of from afar, from about 20 minutes away. I'm constantly hearing about what God is doing in her life and in her mission, and if you haven't met her yet before, I know you're going to be so blessed. Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I was super excited when I got the email, so thank you for having me.
0: Well, I know a tiny bit of what your life and your job and your mission looks like, but will you tell everybody else what they don't know?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my paid job is working for my church. I'm my pastor's assistant. So that's what I do um, Monday through Thursday and on the weekends. Actually, before I worked for the church, it was my church. It was where I found Jesus. And so I get a lot of opportunities to serve in the church as well as my normal job responsibilities. I also serve with a nonprofit, Francis and Benedict. I'm an advocate for that. And so I get to share the story and help women and just make a difference in the world through that and then just recently in the past three and a half months I've become a foster mom and so I have two littles in my home three and one years old they're siblings a boy and a girl and so every day my life is being a full-time working single foster mom <laughs>
0: yes I love it and the first time I heard that you had out of the kids that you were fostering I was like man what a good what a good move because you are such a natural mom. Like, I, I feel like I've seen it even from afar, just watching even how you Aww. Such a, such a spirit of motherhood and, and reminds me so much of Jesus. So it's been beautiful to see that. But that's a lot. Like, I want to say it again really clearly. In case <laughs> hear that. Full-time working, single foster mom of two, also volunteering time for a nonprofit, also just serving in your church as well as working on staff. That's yeah. a lot. How is it going? How is it working? What what do we need to know about that?
1: Oh, it is crazy. I I tell people all the time this is the craziest, hardest season of my life. Some of the things I've had to step back from or slow down in. There's no other word to describe it but crazy and grace-filled, but fun. I mean, it really is. I can't imagine it any other way, but it has been hard just physically, emotionally. I'm a control freak, so I've definitely had to let go of some things in each of those areas over the past three to four months.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Here's a question. Did you always know that you were called to to ministry in the church? Have you always felt that way?
1: No, that's, a great question because I grew up going to church, but I like didn't know the Lord. I knew the Bible stories. I could tell you things, but I did not have a relationship with Christ until my mid to late twenties. And even when I came to know the Lord, I had no idea that I would ever Leave the professional world um, and work for the church. So that is something that really, through serving, other people called out in me and seeded in me, but it's not something that I ever, if you had told me 10 years ago I would work for the church, I probably would have laughed at you.
0: <laughs> I love it. What was the shift? What What was the, like calling moment into that what did that look like
1: so I was a paralegal before working for the church in litigation loved it working crazy hours and actually I was in a small group and my small group leader asked me to serve in the children's ministry with her at church and I kept saying no because I was like you know I don't Lynn doesn't do kids (laughs) Like, I don't want to be around kids. I'm not really interested. And I literally told her yes just to get her to stop asking me. I was like, I will come with you once if you will stop asking me. And she led a fourth and fifth grade girls small group. And so I Went with her once and was shocked that I fell in love with it. And started serving in children's ministry. Was there every week, and over time my heart just changed. Where I would work through my lunch break, I started like spending my lunch break preparing for the weekends at church. Where I would like work late at night, I started like leaving early. Or not, I say leaving early. I would leave at like five or five thirty when a normal person would leave work, but for me that was early so that I could do things at church, so that I could have meetings so that I could take on more responsibility. And so over time, my heart really wasn't in what I was doing. And I would go to work every day feeling like this isn't where God wants me to make my impact. Like I want to spend my time pouring into other people. And so it was, it probably took a couple of years for that shift to happen. But slowly over time from serving, God just changed my heart from workplace being my ministry to kids being my ministry. Wow.
0: About how long into the job and, and even before fostering, did you start to perceive that call? And what did that look like, the call into fostering?
1: Oh, and that's crazy. So I actually wanted to foster before I was a believer, which is funny now wow. because I'm like, if I had done this before I knew Jesus, I don't even know how I would be able to do this. <laughs> I literally don't know how people do life without Jesus. Before I was a believer, I was a volunteer guardian at Lightum so that is a guardian at Lightum a court-appointed special advocate who's supposed to be the voice of the child in court so you know you have dss and their attorneys and the parents and their attorneys and then the guardian at light visits the child every month and just kind of has an objective opinion outside of the interest of the other parties to speak for the child in court because children typically are not brought into the courtroom judges try to avoid that at all costs and so I did that for years going into different homes of children I was appointed to. I would see like really good foster homes. I would see some bad foster homes. Some of my kids were in group homes, which is just heartbreaking. It's just not the best place for children to be in a group home. And so over time I felt like I would make more of an impact in their lives if I were a foster parent than if I were being a guardian at Lightham, even though that is, you know, we need people to do that. So I like, really it's crazy that I, started feeling that call before i knew the lord you know after i started believing that's when it really like was deep in me that like i have to do this Hmm. so
0: oh i love that okay but you need help i'm assuming (laughs) you need people helping you as a single foster mom working full time what how how can people most help you in this season and what does that look like and what does it look like for the body of christ to come around you as you run on mission
1: Oh, in every area, I cannot even imagine. So just some of the ways that people have shown up that I didn't even know to ask them initially, you know, God would send my friends to my house at random times. I was literally like wanting to take a shower. When the kids came in my hair, they were 10 months and two years old. And so I just like literally didn't even know how to like leave them and take a shower and someone would show up at my door randomly. And I'm like, thank you. I need to go to the bathroom so, right. so just like small things like people coming over and helping occupy the kids so I can clean the house or I can run to the grocery store and not have to take them having sitters you know I have um, a couple of people who I pay to sit but then I also have friends who will take the kids for a play date or come and watch them so I can do some of the things I have to do for work at night or just get out and relax. So like physically helping in that way. My mom, having another voice come in the house periodically just to help with discipline, like that is really hard. Like not having someone to just be there to like be the second voice to say the exact same thing that sounds completely different (laughs) from another person. And then like tangibly providing clothes and things like that for the kids. I've had so many people who have, you know, gone through their closets or they have friends of friends of friends who have had kids the same age to help us out with that. Like people have just like on time come with just like financial support the children are supposed to get a monthly board payment every month, but we just got the first one like this past week for them being in care. And so, I mean, they're in daycare and they're both like we are in diapers and pull-ups. And, and so I've had people supply diapers and pull-ups and wipes and just anything that you can imagine. It's been, you know, I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't know how hard and how stretching it would be. So yeah, people have come around and prayed support sometimes it's just it's just hard it from the background that they come from and just the age that they're at and so just having people who are constantly around me praying encouraging me and giving me advice about being a mom yeah all of the things and I'm sure there are some that I'm not thinking of
0: okay here's here are a few things I want to capture number one before this before fostering, Would you say that you were the kind of gal who would say, I don't really like to receive help? Yes. Hey, tell me about that and speak some truth to women who say that every day, who say like, I don't wanna receive help.
1: Yeah, so I was for sure like that, would never let anyone help me, but I was always the one who would like go and help a friend in the middle of the night or whatever they needed, but I cannot do it like, I can't do it without help. And even to the point of like, God has humbled me so much because the kids also get wick, And so it is a whole other experience, like using a welfare system to help take care of these children. And so I would say we need help. I'm a single mom. I cannot do it without people helping me. But there is so much blessing in what God has for me because a lot of the help that I've gotten has opened the door for conversations and for a support that I would never have gotten if I had not swallowed my pride and said, yes, I need, I need money. <laughs> yes, yeah. I need diapers. Yeah. Like, yes, I need someone to like come and take care of these kids for free so I can go do X, Y, and Z. And so I would say that there are places that God wants to take you emotionally and spiritually that you're not going to get to unless you let people like physically help you.
0: Wow. Who loses if you don't take help?
1: the kids lose (laughs) the kids lose for sure and i think i lose for sure this has been even through getting help and on days where i haven't gotten help and at the end of the day i like look back and think this day would have been a lot easier if i had just called someone and said hey i need this mothering has been a season where god has shown me so much inside of myself that i did not know was there like Mm -hmm. so many selfish things and so many and just how good he is (laughs) It's been crazy. Yeah.
0: You know who else loses if you don't let people serve you is them. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I I know because I know people who serve you, and I know how much their day is made when you let them help you. Mm. You know? I've seen, I've never gotten to come watch your kids or, like, come do grocery shopping for you, but I would really like to, and this is my formal offer. I'll continually make the offer. Um, I know Lynn and I (laughs) live in the same city, and so I will keep making the offer to say, like, what can I come do so you can take a shower or go get to the grocery store? But I've known people who have said, like, oh, I'm so excited Lynn's letting me, like, come take the kids for a little bit or like go do something for her. And like, they would lose if you didn't let them serve Mm -hmm. you. And I know, you know that, but I think the women who are listening might need to hear that too. Yeah. When you don't let people love you and serve you and, and be a part of what God's called you to, they miss out. Like they miss out on the joy of getting to partner with you. Um, mm-hmm. and so, man, okay, here's another thing I want to talk about is I don't know, you don't have to answer this. And if you don't want to answer we can go back and delete this, but do you have a desire to get married? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I,
0: I would assume like, I, I get that you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> I mean, you, you would make a fine wife. Talk to me about what it looks like to not only treat this season as one of waiting and preparation. Because I don't hear you saying anything about that. I don't hear you saying like, you know, I, one day I'll get to do these things.
1: was yeah. that a
0: shift in your heart? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, that is actually—I love that you asked me that because, you know, I've wanted to foster since I was in my early 20s, like I said, before I knew the Lord. And the reason why—and I'm 37 now, I turn 38 next month—and the reason why I've waited so long is I kept saying, when I get married— I'll be a foster parent and really it had to be like five or six years ago. The Lord wrecked me. I was like looking through Instagram and I saw a single mom who had adopted her girls who was also a foster mom. And I was like reading her blog and going through her stories and her pictures. And I'm like ugly crying. And I feel like the Lord was like, you don't need to wait. I've given you everything you need right now. Why are you wasting this time that I've given you? And so, that was a shifting point. Seeing another woman on mission with the same desires that I had, realizing that God did not call me to do this in a season that looked like I thought it should look. And so that's really when I was like, what am I doing? Why do I think that I need? And it's funny because some of the best foster homes that the kids I was appointed to were in were single women. And so I don't even know where I got this crazy idea that I had to wait for a husband to do this. You know, my desire, like I would love to be married, and to have that sort of family, but I don't know that He's promised me that. I know that that's what I want. He hasn't taken it from me yet, but I am going on 38, and I haven't seen it, and so if I spend my whole life waiting for it, and it never comes, I've wasted my life, and so really, God showed me, like, are you going to serve me while you're waiting for the thing that you want, and are you going to serve me if you don't get the thing that you want, and so... That was really the shift that made me think, you know, this is not, I don't think waiting rooms are biblical. You know, I think, uh, I think of like the Israelites being in captivity and that Jeremiah 29 verse that everybody uses as like comfort. It's like that verse is really saying like, it's going to be another generation. Like you guys are going to die in captivity, but you need to, you know, settle down, plant crops, build houses, give your children to be married, like prosper physically because you're going to be here for a while and so I feel like God's saying like we don't live in a waiting room like get get to work like that's not biblical to think that you're waiting on something like no you have breath in your lungs God has a good plan for you right now
0: okay well that's a very very good message to preach Okay, okay. I'm not going to physically drop the mic cuz it would be pretty loud, but I think we're so it's fine. It's great. Wow, thanks. That's so good. Okay. Tell us what's hard about right now. What's like truly hard about this season. And I ask that not just to like bare your soul for, you know, the whole podcast mm-hmm. here, but number one, I do frequently on these episodes, just invite our listeners to stop and pray for you. And so I want the thousands of women who are listening to be able to just stop and pray for you. But I also want you to be able to tell us how God is meeting you in that heart.
1: Yeah. I think the hardest part is trying to figure out how to be a mom. There are some really hard, hard days. The oldest has some behavior challenges. Some of them I think are his age and learning language and learning to express himself and like getting his little personality, you know, and he's a little human being. And some of it is the trauma that he's gone through. And so learning how to have grace in that because every day I'm realizing how far I fall from the glory of God you know and so it's been really hard to like catch myself and be calm and be patient and like rely on the Holy Spirit because you cannot control another person. I think that's been the hardest is like learning how to parent and learning how to be peaceful and kind and gentle and steady when it's hard, you know, when they're screaming, when they're kicking, when they're spitting, you know, all of the things and not having another person, like being a single mom is hard. And, you know, I've, made the decision that when i'm not when i don't have children in care like i'm gonna find seek out a single mom and like be her support because yeah, yeah. it is hard you don't in the middle of it you know i have friends that i can call but it's like the minute to minute moments where like having a second person there to, like, calm you down or to take over or for you to walk outside or, like, you're just exhausted because you're doing all the things every day. So I would say that is just, like, being a single mom. Everything that has to do with it is so hard, but God is so good. Like, He, through it all, He is, like, number one, yeah, He has shown me, like, how far from him I am, because there are some days where I don't, like, we all have, like, those arrogant moments where we think we, uh, like, are super holy, and then you see, like, how good God is and how patient he is compared to how, like, I lack grace from moment to moment. with the kids sometimes and so but he has been so sweet to show me like how much he loves me and sending people at just the right time with just the right things even when I don't ask for it I mean I have relied on him so much more than like this has been the hardest season of my life but it also has been the season where I have like Yes, I woke up in the morning saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. Like, I cannot do this without you. Yeah, Mm,
0: that's so good. Okay, besides people, what is helping? What, like, tips and tricks have you learned in the last few months that have really come alongside you and just, like, served you?
1: Worship music all the time. It's always playing all the time, worship music, with the exception of when he asked me to play Pete the Cat or Baby Shark. But otherwise... Otherwise, like in the car, um, like when we get home, even to the point I've made like a worship video YouTube playlist, because he loves to watch people play guitar. Like I like Mm -hmm. to bring him into the worship center. He loves watching music. And so it's been worship music so that I can like declare the things in my soul that I'm like, you know, however I'm feeling, I know that what's going in me is like, keeping me focused on God. So worship music all the time, day and night, same songs over and over. I have a playlist called Heart Focus. And so whatever I'm struggling with, I find songs that speak to that so that I'm just repeating the truth over and over all day long. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I mean, uh, that's like one of my like favorite mom tricks still that I'm like if the temperature in your house is just not going well, if you're fussing, if they're whining, like worship music doesn't fix everything but it really 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 helps. Yeah. Hey friends, I want to take a minute in the middle of this podcast to make sure that you know about Go teams. Go teams are just one arm of what we do here at Go and Tell Gals, but it is our intentional coaching groups where we encourage women in their individual callings. If you don't know what we're talking about, here's the quick story. Go teams are groups of 15 women who receive online coaching in their calling while entering into intentional community to spur one another on. You might not know this, but I've been coaching women for years and years in small business and in ministry and also in all things publishing. And genuinely, my heart is to see as many women as possible step into the gifts God has given them to use what they've got for his glory and the good of others. But we realized a few months ago that there was a flaw in my coaching and that women needed other women to spur them on and keep them excited about what God had asked them to do. They needed other women to walk with after the coaching was over. So, we restructured everything and introduced Go Teams. And now, three times a year, we take 90 women through this online coaching process in their individual callings. And then we also resource them with one another with groups that they can keep going as long as they like. If you want to hear more about Go Teams, we are launching our next set of teams in January 2019, and spots open this week. Make sure you're following the Go and Tell Gals Instagram or that you've subscribed to our newsletter so you can get more information. We would love to see the seeds that God has planted in you come to the surface. We would love to encourage you in the gifts he's given you. And we would love to give you everything we've got to spur you on and keep you encouraged. easy questions to end on since you have like already just broken our souls open with your incredible preaching and (laughs) and I feel like fired up and ready to go. Is there a book you're currently reading? Can you read right now in this season? I'm going to like assume no, but I don't know.
1: Yes, I can. Um, it happens at night when they go to bed. So at 830, I'm like, I breathe. <laughs> and I've always loved reading. So right now I'm reading The Third Option, Hope for a Racially Divided Nation by Pastor Miles McSearson. Yes. And it is a great book. I'm almost at the end of it. But also Audible has been amazing. So I've got a ton of books on Audible that as soon as I'm done physically reading this one, I'm going to start listening to the other ones. So
0: Awesome so good okay what is your coffee order i want to know so i can show up with coffee at your house
1: (laughs) i drink a grande dark roast from starbucks black nothing in it if it's the afternoon they try to tell you that they're not brewing dark roast but you can always ask for a pour over so (laughs) hey good to
0: know good to know do you have a secret talent
1: I don't have a secret talent, but I've always wanted to be a backup dancer. And so that's like my secret dream talent. I think I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I you would be a great backup dancer. Okay. Do you care about the Enneagram? And do you know what number you are?
1: I can't say that I care about it in the sense that I haven't really done the work to learn a lot about my number, but yes, I'm a six with a five wing.
0: Okay, so good. I love that. I love knowing that. Well, that's okay. I'll care for you in the meantime, and I'll hold you when see your six. <laughs> Okay, very last, most frivolous question. Do you have a favorite <laughs> lipstick?
1: I don't. I am not a makeup person. I wear makeup on special occasions, um, but otherwise I go natural. So wow. no lipstick color.
0: You have the, like, actual most beautiful face and skin, and so I would Aww. say don't put anything on it. You <laughs> The best. I love it. Hey, Lynn, thank you. You are like saying you're a busy woman doesn't even encompass it. Like you have. And I don't even like saying busy because that like puts shame on people. I don't think you're doing too much. I think you're doing exactly what God's called you to. But I know you have such a full life. And I just want to say thank you so much. Hey, friends, as you wrap up this podcast, I want to just invite you to stop and pray for Lynn. Just ask God for strength and for joy for her as she pounds it out on the pavement where she's at, as she loves those kids, as she loves God, as she loves her church and serves her bosses. Would you all stop and pray for her? But Lynn, thank you so much for joining us and making time to do this today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, I loved it.
0: I think some women are gonna be massively freed up and encouraged by your story. Thank you. Here's what I just heard Lynn say. If I had waited on something that God never promised me, I would have missed out on everything he was already doing in my life. I would have missed out on him. I'm not sure what things you are waiting for, what accolades or what approval from certain people you might be pausing on or wishing would come your way. But I know that God has already commissioned you right where you're at into an abundant life filled with using what you've got to spread his fame, to love others and to bring him glory. We say it all the time with Go and Tell Gals. God doesn't question whether or not you're called, so maybe you shouldn't either. He made you intentionally, and you are not a mistake. You are not unimportant in His plan. He's given you what He's given you on purpose so that you might experience more of Him and others might experience more of Him through you. I hope you are spurred on today as you heard from Lynn. I hope you are called up and excited. I hope you hear that right where you're at, there's a mission. And I hope you hear that taking the help often means going further and faster for the kingdom of God. So don't continue to try to do it all on your own. The Holy Spirit's on your team. We are on your team. And I believe there are people in your life who want to come and serve you as you serve him. I'm excited to hear how this podcast impacted you. You guys, make sure you have subscribed to Go and Tell Gals on iTunes or Spotify or whatever you use to listen to it. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, we would be so grateful. Thank you guys for joining us.